Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Cohen, the dedicated OKR platform. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Becker Weinberg, Chief of Staff at Unbabble. Unbabble is a language operations platform that eliminates language barriers so that businesses can be successful across cultures and geographies. I'm looking forward to chatting to Anna, but before we dive into today's subject, Anna, please can you briefly introduce yourself to our Giant Talk listeners? Sure, and thanks for having me, Carly. Uh, I'm Anna, and I've been working as a chief of staff and a strategic advisor to businesses for ooh, over a decade now, first in the professional services space and more recently for uh, tech scale-ups. The type of work that I do is some operational management, uh, but also large-scale strategic initiatives to help companies optimize and grow. And I'm delighted to be talking to you today. Thank you, Anna. Really looking forward to getting into today's topic. Um, so let's just set the scene and start by asking you, when did you first become involved in, in OKRs and, and what's your experience of working with them? So uh, I first became involved with OKRs when I joined Unbabel over two years ago. And Unbabel has used OKRs as a goal-setting process since day one, in particular the Google methodology. Until that point, I knew of the existence of this process and had certainly experienced the pain that it's trying to solve. Um, you know, teams working in silos and lack of prioritization of resources. But uh, I'd never really sort of worked with the, this operational system. And to be honest, now they're so ingrained in the way that we work at Unbabble that I can't even imagine life without them. <laughs> um, I know that you mentioned to me before that when you joined Unbabble and found that they'd already adopted the Google, um, the OKR method, um, but they were using spreadsheets to, to execute yeah. OKRs. Um, what was the challenge you found um, when managing OKRs this way? I mean, the thing about using a spreadsheet is that it's just, it's static, right? So you'll kind of go into it, you'll share your OKRs, maybe even take some time to look at other teams' OKRs, but then you're very unlikely to refer back to it. Certainly that means that you're not monitoring progress, that you're not discussing issues, at least not cross-functionally. You might do so within your teams, but you don't have a sense of how the company is doing. Uh, and and that I think was the major challenge. It suddenly became okay. OKR suddenly became that process that you were just using kind of once a quarter, mm -hmm. rather than something that's ongoing. Yeah. Um, and how did you go about changing this way of managing OKRs? And obviously, um, it might have been quite different to how it was it was already done. So was it a challenge to get people on board? Oh gosh, yes. Um, as ever. Change management is is required because it's it's not easy to get people to change the way they work. And with OKRs, it's so fundamental to the way they work that that is uh, definitely something that needs some thinking through. In our case, I think the first thing that we needed to do is find an OKR management tool, a platform that we could that we could uh, use. In our case, we we adopted uh, Koan, and and then it was a question of working with Koan to make sure that the tool really you know, catered to our needs and to the way that we work. And so that was a process that involved not just me, but a group of others. And I think that's key as well. If you want, you want to socialize the changed tool or whatever, the new process that you're using, you want to socialize mm -hmm. it within the company. Um, and, and to be honest, when the, the 
benefits of having an OKR management tool were so evident that it, it wasn't it wasn't a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a little bit of a hooray death to the spreadsheet moment across the company because people understood that it was unwieldy. It wasn't something that was sustainable, certainly as we were growing. And so uh, then it was just a question of doing a lot of training, making sure that people knew every functionality and were using the tool in its full breadth and scope. Um, And that's something that is still ongoing. We still have that as part of employee onboarding. I still take some time out every quarter or every six months. Now I'm changing it to every six months and hopefully it'll end up being just every year as we progress over time to um, re-socialize the tool, to remind people of its functionality, to make sure that we're using it. Mm -hmm. And that's also key is that now we have not just something that helps us manage OKRs per, per se, but also helps us understand how we're using OKRs, how often we're engaging with them. And that we have through sort of tool analytics. Yeah, and it sounds like yeah, it's it's good that it was a big win, um, mm-hmm. obviously for the team, um, using Carman and using that management tool, um, and it's like you said, it's completely different to using a spreadsheet. It's not static, and um, there's a lot more you can do, and it's good that you've got the the analytics on the back of it as well to see yeah, how, how well people are, are using the tool. How do you find um, using OKRs across a global team, um, especially with teams in different time zones um, and teams working remotely in 2020? And I think some of your team are, are still working remotely. Um, so how do you find that? And have you, have, has there been any challenges there? Well, I mean, it's essential is, is the first thing that I would say about it. We are spread across various different we call them hubs because not every uh, location has an office, but we're in New York, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Lisbon, London, and Berlin. So that's six locations, plus a couple of other sort of remote workers that have been remote from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a normal working scenario, it, it was already essential for us to be able to collaborate cross-functionally because some functions are spread across these various locations. Others, that's not necessarily the case. They're more focused in a particular location. But then when we all went home as a result of COVID, then even with your teammate that you might have been sat next to and constantly talking about work and your progress on your OKRs, that that's gone away. Mm-hmm. And so what uh, OKRs helps us do is first off, make sure that regardless of um, where you are in the world, that you're aligned on what the priorities are. And this is both at a high level sort of company OKRs, but also for your function and then your team. Uh, but also it allows a communication with your fellow teammates, but also cross-functionally on how you're progressing on OKRs. What are the issues that might arise that you need to bear in mind and you know implement or change or mm-hmm. adapt, whatever it is that you need to do to your OKRs in consideration of that fact. And so in that sense, uh, it was it was it was key. It was really, really helpful for us to be able to manage uh, prioritization and alignment throughout COVID, but also just in general across time zones and geographies yeah of course and I think it sounds like having that that tool in place um definitely been a huge benefit as well um for for your remote teams um so you've mentioned um that since Unbabble has grown um and the organization has become more and more cross-functional um this has affected how you use OKRs can you just touch touch on that a little bit absolutely so the 
I, and I don't think we're different from most tech scale-ups, to be honest in this. Um, you'll find that a lot of tech scale-ups, regardless of their you know, functional distribution of organiz- uh, across the organization, so you, you've got your different functions and your different reporting lines, when it comes to actually delivering on a, whatever work that they need to deliver, they mostly compose, are composed of teams that are cross-functional teams that don't work in those same reporting lines in your org chart. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, for us, it was really, really important to be able to have a tool that would allow team people to come together cross-functionally and be able to talk about OKRs and align on priorities. And that's where the methodology of OKRs really helps because you're aligning around a goal, not around um, your function or your title or your reporting line, you're aligning around essentially what it is that you're trying to achieve. And that's where OKRs really helps. And that's why our, having a management platform enhances that. And so that's, I think, been our kind of biggest change. Uh, the other thing that it allows is not just in the composition of teams, but then how you check on on dependent OKRs. So if I know that I need to achieve something within uh, this quarter or the next two quarters, whatever your time setting uh, methodology is, in our case, we do it quarterly. Um, when even though that we have that, that I know that I have that OKR to deliver, perhaps there's a big chunk of what I need to do that's dependent on another team's OKR and something else that somebody else is doing. In order for me to be able to, to time myself and you know, manage my resources, I need to be fully aware of progress made on that dependent or related OKR. And that's where it's helpful to have something that will show me that, but not just show me that, but allow me to communicate and pitch it and understand what are the issues that are being, that are, you know, coming up. And so again, when it comes to cross-functional work, having an OKR management tool, but just having OKRs generally is really helpful. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs helping your teams achieve their objectives, getting them aligned, and absolutely helping them stay engaged. Sharing spreadsheets simply doesn't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping the teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, there's lots of things we love about Koan, but tell me one of yours. So, I've got to say, one of my favorite things is that Koan just allows you to have a bit of fun with the OKR process. Yeah. Um, in, in series two, I think it was episode three of this podcast, we actually <laughs> spent about half an hour, 40 minutes talking about the importance of making OKRs fun for your team. Yeah. Um, and, and Koan allows you to do that perfectly. Yeah. You know, even just things like adding a, a gift to, to your reflections adds some real personality. And I think I probably waste far too much time each week looking for the perfect gift, to be honest. But it, it allows that fun throughout the organization. And that's something that's really important if you're going to keep people engaged. You are known for having the best gifts Thank you in, very much. in the team, definitely. <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about how to make OKRs fun uh, whilst using a great system, then pop along to uh, Koan, that's K-O-A-N dot co forward slash giants where you'll find also a great paper that we co-wrote with them on how to build accountability and collaboration using OKRs. Yeah, especially like you said before, when we we last chat, um, you know, for example, the marketing team um, doesn't just work with those 
in within their teams they work with R&D and sales and and, um, especially with all working remotely you can't just go and have that catch up or conversation um, you know in in the office Um, no absolutely I mean I can give you an example sorry to, to interrupt but I can give you a perfect example when we launched our product our key product which is our uh, our the Mbabble portal which is mm-hmm. kind of where customers go in and really experience Mbabble um that was that was a, a company effort it wasn't of any one particular team yeah. and we knew that we had you know October 28th I think it was as our launch date but working back from that you know marketing kind of had the last piece of of that puzzle that we were trying to put together before that they needed to understand how fast the portal team was being able to to build the portal the portal team relied on r&d um efforts to be able to do that on all the back end so it it was an absolute team effort and only once that was all done and the portal was launched then sales could factor that into their OKRs and their targets. And so it really is most of the big things that you're trying to to do require cross-functional effort. And that's where OKRs helps. Yeah, I think that's a really really key point to make. It's not that, it's that cross-functionality and not as a hierarchy hierarchy um, and I think that's um, key for organizations looking to start their OKR journey OKR journey to understand that process um, before obviously setting setting OKRs. Um, I'd like to ask you um, you might have more than one but for a piece of advice that you would give to a company that is looking or wanting to get growing on, on their OKR journey is there anything that stands out um, to you as a piece of advice? Uh, absolutely I think there's probably two things that I would do where possible start early. <laughs> um, it's always trickier to, to implement OKRs when you already have very set ways of working. And in particular, when those cross those various teams have their own ways of working and you're trying to align mm-hmm. everyone to kind of a, a, a similar approach. So the earlier that you start, I think the, the easier it'll be. And the other thing is to really, you know, take OKRs and adapt it to to you, to your operating rhythm, to your priorities, to your choices, whatever they may be. I'll give you an example. We don't use OKRs as, um, we don't use individual OKRs because we don't factor in OKRs into performance. Mm -hmm. And it was a choice that we made early on. There's pros and cons that we can go into in a separate podcast about, but we simply don't do it. And so it was important for us to be able to make sure that that was something that we would, you know, be able to keep when thinking about an OKR management tool or when thinking about what is the process for setting OKRs. We know that our cascade stops at team level. So how are we plan all the way around that? So I think it's important for uh, you to kind of take into account that you, the OKRs themselves, but also the OKR process how you plan, how you execute, that all of that is adapted to your company needs. Um, And then probably last but not least, it it really is an iterative process. You don't just, you know, do it great and then keep doing that for years to come because it will get stale. Mm -hmm. The same way that you evolve as a company and you grow, you want to make sure that your OKR process 
grows with you. And so the best way to do that is really to make sure that you have key milestones set in your mind as to when you're going to review how it's working for you, make sure that everyone's still on board, make sure that it still satisfies your needs, both as at a team level, at a functional level, but also at a company level. Uh, and if you do that, I think you're going to always be leveraging OKRs to the maximum, which is essentially what you want to do. Yeah, thank you. I think those are two very good um, pieces of advice. I think especially adapting, adapting OKRs to your organisation. Mm-hmm. I think you can do some research out there and find um, OKRs examples and how they've worked for, for other organisations. But um, we all know in the OKR space that one size doesn't fit all and it's all about oh. adapting it for you and, and for your organisation. So I think that's, yeah, it's a really good, really good point to to end on thank you um massive thank massive thank you for joining giant talk today as always we'd love to hear from you our giant talk listeners please leave us feedback on your preferred podcast platform or email us at growth at babygiants.com thanks again anna and we'll see you next time for another episode of giant talk thank you